We're looking at being under construction as people and as a church. And we want to say, what is God building here? And so that's what we're doing the whole of the year. The first bit of our year is all thinking about clearing away the rubble, clearing away what needs to be cleared away in order to see the foundations be built and in order to see what God wants to build in us, built in us both individually and uh, corporately together. So um, we're going to be looking today at some of, we're going to be continuing our thing on some of the spiritual disciplines. Last week we had Paul who did a fantastic job of talking about celebration and uh, how we need celebration in our lives. It's one of those disciplines that we need. And today we're going to look at uh, not living a hurried life. So really silence and solitude and not hurrying from one thing to the next. Now I have to smile telling you this because, you know, um, this is an unhurried sermon from a person that hurries a lot, all right? So um, I'm learning as much as you today in, in what I'm talking about. I rush around uh, and I'm hurrying around as much as anybody. In fact, I was doing this sermon last night, which I was thinking, this is not what you should be doing on an unhurried sermon, is it, the night before? But um, uh, so uh, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about was I was watching Grand Designs and on Grand Designs they had this amazing, beautiful um, <coughs> house, right? And it was beautifully done and the husband and wife were sitting there and the, ma- the presenter said to the man, does it feel like you're living in Catherine's house? Because Catherine was the wife and she had made this house so beautiful and it looked absolutely stunning. And he said, no, it feels like I'm living in Catherine's mind, this beautiful house. And I thought to myself, I wonder what it would be like to live in your mind, Becca. (laughs) I don't think it would look like that, would it? This beautiful, amazing house with everything in its place. And that got me thinking, really, because I started to think, um, I wonder what does go on in my mind. Have you ever analysed that? Have you ever analysed what you actually think about day to day when you get up in the morning? Have you ever like sat down and thought, oh yeah, I think this is what I do? Well, I, I started to think about it, right? I don't normally think about it, so I started to think about it. And I thought, this is a little bit, I'm going to give you a little bit of a window into my mind and into my life, okay? So I wake up in the morning And I generally do sleep quite well. And I wake up in the morning and I often, I'll reach for my phone. I'll have a look at, see what the time is. And then sometimes if it's still dark, I will like think, oh, I'll have a little look on Facebook. So I will, first of all, have a little look on Facebook. Within the first 10 minutes of my day, I will know that there are about five people whose birthdays it is that I should respond to and say happy birthday on the timeline. I will know that somebody is in hospital Somebody else is in dire need somewhere, and I'll be thinking, what shall I do about that? that how, sh- how do I respond to that? There will be about 10 pictures of fluffy kittens doing something, and uh, there will be some really inspirational quotes that I think, cool, that would be good for a talk. There will be, um, there will be some, uh, what about the, um, the amount of 
posts there will be on Trump right now. There will be loads and loads and loads. Within the first 10 minutes of my day, I will be totally bombarded with information that I cannot even begin to process. That's within the first 10 minutes. Then I'll go on Instagram. Oh, that would be a nice holiday to go on when I look at through there and there'll be some nice pictures showing me some nice things. Then I'll look at my calendar and think, oh, look at my, what I've got to do today. I've got to do this, this, this and this. Uh, then I'll look at the news. Oh, the news. Oh, well, this happened, this happened, this happened. What should my response be? Should it be, you know, what do I think about this? There'll be fear that's invoked. There'll be um, thoughts of what my response should be. That is all within, I would say, the first 15 minutes of my day. Then I get up and I think, right, let's get ready. This is what I do to get, I, I, am, I can get ready in 10 minutes, right? Completely, I, I have a winter uniform and a summer uniform. My winter uniform is this. You, I have leggings, which I rotate. Well, I bought them from Sainsbury's. I rotate them. My leggings, I have these brown boots. I wear them every single week. If I'm really posh, I have got one pair of black boots that have got heels. I wear a variety of the similar. I have worn this, I would say, for the last four weeks, maybe, because I like it. I think it looks nice. I have a top that I just rotate. In the summer, I change my uniform and I wear my sketches, which my children think are absolutely appalling and are so embarrassed to walk with me. But I wear them and some sh- some like trousers that go up to there. I have a winter uniform and a summer uniform because I can't really be bothered to think about what I'm wearing at any one time. I put my makeup on in about five minutes. It's like this. I put some cream on my face. I put some eyeliner on. I put some eyeshadow on, which my children say, you look like you've got black eyes at the end of the day. And I put some mascara on. It takes me literally five minutes to do the whole thing. My children say, why don't you put on makeup properly? I think I can't be bothered. I haven't got time to do these things. I then go downstairs. I make myself a cup of tea. Poppy normally is running around the house having lost something. She's lost her bank card for the fourth time yesterday. She's running around saying, where's my card? Where's my shorts? Where's my... I don't know. And and I get caught up with the where's my, and I start running around too, trying to find where it is. And, and, um, I can't find it. She's gone out off without breakfast. I go out without breakfast. Um, I go down. I go down to where I'm going. Um, I think about things like appraisals. I think about the conversations I've had. And I think about whether I've said the right thing at the right time. I think about whether I gave somebody enough time. I think about the emails, hundreds of emails that come through my um, email system every day. I think about which ones am I going to reply to first. Um, I'm really good at replying to yes, great at that for an email. If you write me anything like that, you'll get a really quick email if I say, yes, great, that's great. Um, I often write emails to Luke uh, about something that's meant to go in the newsletter and um, Luke doesn't know what on earth I'm talking about because I kind of have this mentality that quickly say it, he'll get what I mean. But he doesn't get what I mean. He doesn't understand what on earth I'm saying. So I then have to write another email explaining what I'm saying. Because I'm in a rush. I write emails at at the end. You know, I'll think to myself, right, I've got 10 minutes. I'll write this. I'll do this. I write my emails. 
I go to meetings. I go to meetings about meetings. I go to prayer meetings. I go to meetings uh, about school stuff. I go to meetings here. I go to meetings at Summerlee. I go to lots and lots of meetings. I talk to lots and lots of people. And uh, my head is always thinking, have I done that well enough? Am I, uh, am I on target? Am I doing the right thing? I am rushing around. Then, of course, uh, there's the shopping to be done. So uh, at the end of the day, maybe I'll go to the shops in Sainsbury's. Aren't there hundreds and hundreds of things that you could buy? Hundreds of pork that you could buy? Hundreds of things of rice that you could buy. You have to make some choices about what you're going to buy. There's hundreds and hundreds of choices. I normally come back. I come back and I cook everything really. I ask my children, I cook everything on a very, very high temperature because I'm in a rush. Uh, The fire alarms go off. Uh, They went off three times yesterday morning and I I burn the chips. The, The beans are boiling over. I am I am doing, I, I have got a lot of things that I'm trying to do all at the same time. I'm, try, I'm doing my emails at the same time. I'll put, have some worship music on. I am doing as much as I can. And, 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 and I, then I'll tell you what else I'm awful at. I mean, this is just awful. I am so bad at washing. I have massive, I have piles and piles and piles of washing and I shrink everything, everything that there is. To, and sometimes I even try, I even start by not shrinking the thing. And I, and you know, like I, I really try and I put it on the radiator and I don't put it in the tumble dryer. I really try. And then after five times of somebody wearing it, I put it in the tumble dryer by accident and I shrink it. And I, when I'm doing ironing, I mean, Rosie cannot even watch me doing the ironing because I'm like, I am on, I am on a mission with my ironing and I am ironing creases into that shirt quicker than you could ever believe and uh, Tim comes down and I say can you take your shirts up please I've ironed them all here and he says are you, is this ironed like this he goes like that to me I, yes it is ironed take it upstairs I am in a rush ever such a lot of the time I'll tell you some things that are good about me because those are the bad things weren't they some things that are good about me are this I don't drive. Well, I do drive, but I don't have a car. I don't drive anywhere. I walk. And I walk everywhere. And especially since we've been down at Wickbourne, sometimes I walk to Wickbourne and back in a day quite often during the week. And this has been a lifesaver. Walking for me is an absolute lifesaver. As I walk, I have no distraction. I, have, I, I, I never would look at my phone. I would just walk and I just pray. I just pray and I process what God is saying to me and I ask what he wants to do and I pray about things and I pray about you guys here and I pray about what's going on and I pray about what's happening in our land and I pray about what I've seen on Facebook earlier in the morning and I just spend that time just praying. The other thing that I have time for, I love people. I love being with people and I'll often get totally carried away and late for something else because I just love to spend time with people. So those are the two things. I'm not totally awful at this, but those are the two things that I love to do. So why do we hurry? Why? What is it that makes us hurry? Some of you may be more hurriers than others, but what makes us hurry? I'll tell you what makes us hurry and talk about being busy all the time. Firstly, it makes us feel important. Makes us feel like everybody needs me. Everybody wants me. I need to do this. I need to do that. I can't be wasting time here. I need to go here. It makes us feel a sense of importance about what we're doing. The second thing that, um, the second reason why we hurry and we hurry through life is that it stops us looking too closely 
at the state of our own hearts and at the state of our own relationships and the state of what's going on actually in our lives. For I know for me, sometimes I would rather be busy than thinking about some of those really difficult things that have come up in me that I think, oh, why did you react like that? Why did you respond like that? It's easier to be busy. When we go on holiday, everything is, everything is stripped back and I just think about the washing and the, and the cooking. And I do better at that time, but at washing and cooking. But often at that time too, you can see the holes in your family life. You can see the holes in your relationship at that point. You think, I didn't do, I haven't been spending time right here. I missed that. I didn't see that that was going on because I've just been too busy. And so when we stop, it's frightening sometimes because we have to face us. We have to face ourselves and that can be difficult. The other reason, the last reason why we hurry is because it stops us feeling lonely. And we don't like to feel lonely. None of us do. None of us like to feel on our own. And sometimes when we are on our own, we feel lonely and we'd rather be busy and rather be up to something and rather be doing something than have that feeling of loneliness. So those are some of the reasons why we do it. Um, Some of the indicators of a hurried life are these. Um, If you have a hurried life, you will be rushing around sometimes, first of all, with no reason. You just rush around because, um, you know, you're just used to rushing around. Um, When we had our, when I had my children, um, uh, I I had four children that were very, very small. I learned to eat very, very fast because otherwise I never, ever got to eat. So I used to just chuck it. I just just eat really, really fast. I've never learned really to stop eating fast because of that. Sometimes we just do everything fast. We eat fast. We uh, do everything in a hurry. And uh, that's one of the indicators of um, rushing around with no reason. Often when we're rushing around and we have got too much hurry in our lives, when we come back at the end of the day to the people that we love the most and we have invested the most in, uh, often we are a little bit scratchy, a little bit edgy, little bit, a little bit um, snappy with them. We see things negatively. Everyone else in our day has had the best. They've had the best of us. But when we get home sometimes, we can be, because we've been hurrying around, because we've given all of our energy to other people and other things, sometimes we come back and we can be so, um, we can just be really scratchy with people, sharp in our words, sharp in the things that we're saying. If we notice that, then we know that there will be some uh, too much hurry in our lives. Uh, the other thing that sometimes can happen if you got too if you're too hurried, then you're always saying to your children, "Let's race here, let's race there, let's race here," and you're always getting people to do things as fast as you can. Um, the other uh, indicator of a hurried life is that there's a sense, there's a loss of gratitude and wonder. If you have any loss of gratitude and wonder in your life, it's probably because you're too hurried. You're too, you're doing things, you're too busy and uh, we lose a sense of gratitude and wonder. And uh, also the last thing is that we start to, when we're too hurried and we're too rushed, we start to um, have uh, 
things that are, let me see, self-destructive escapes that happen in our lives. It might be that you come in and you start to drink. It might be, coming, it might be just simply coming in and watching the telly um, for hours and hours on end. It might be social media, whatever it may be. We sometimes can start to engage in things that are self-destructive to ourselves because we're just too busy. I would say that any thing that is interfering with your love to God and each other is too much. Anything that is interfering in those relationships is too much. So how do we do how do we do life then? How do we do life with all the pressures, all the things that go on? What did Jesus do? Don't you think it's absolutely beautiful? Jesus didn't hurry anywhere. If you read through the gospels, he didn't he never hurried. He wasn't in a rush. Okay, Lazarus, his, his friend is dying and he takes days to get there. Not because it was, it, he, it just says, it, it, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't hurry to see his, um, his friend Lazarus. In fact, Lazarus's sisters are really cross with him about it. Um, when it's Jairus's daughter, she's dying. And he goes and he, uh, he talks to the, heals the woman first with the um, issue of blood. He doesn't hurry. He does. It talks about in the Bible, Mark is just beautiful because Mark talks, uh, Mark communicates his gospel in a really hurried way, all right? He talks about immediately, ever such a lot. It's almost like Mark cannot wait to tell you all about Jesus and all about what he did. He's even missed out the birth story in it all. He cannot wait to tell you. But Mark tells you all about the times where Jesus just went off by himself. He went off off the mountain. He went off and just was just by himself with God and never hurried. Uh, how can we follow Jesus? We all say that we follow Jesus. How can we follow him if he's going faster than us? <laughs> I mean, that's the wrong thing. How can we follow him if we're going faster than him? How could we're following Jesus? We need to follow what he's doing. And that isn't, if we're rushing off down the road, rushing off here, rushing off there, then we're not following Jesus. Um, so, uh, just as we finish, I was thinking of this. Um, would you ever, do you ever think, I wish I could hear God louder? Anyone ever think that? I wish I could hear God louder. Um, I think, don't you think it's a beautiful story in the Old Testament where Elijah, he was burnt out. Elijah was completely and utterly on his knees. He had been, he had gone before God and, and he, uh, he'd seen all of the, all of the, um, pr- all of the false prophets. Uh, he'd gone and prayed that there'd be fire and there had been fire and the false prophets were all after him. He was scared. He was burnt out. He was exhausted. He was terrified and he ran to a cave. And in that cave, um, God spoke to him. And uh, there, of course, that you will have heard of the story that there was an earthquake, a massive earthquake that filled the place. Then there was a fire and the fire was roaring through the place, but God wasn't in the fire and he wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was um, a wind that blew through, but God wasn't in the wind. And then it says there was a still, small voice. Some translations, that means silence. There was a still small voice and God spoke to Elijah in that time. And um, God can speak to us 
in the quiet when we make room for him. Do you ever think that there's a connection between hearing God's voice and the amount of noise in your own life? I think there probably is, for me anyway. There's probably a connection between the noise that is going on. Now, it doesn't mean that we become sometimes, that life is, I can hear you say, life is busy. There's so many pressures. If you knew what was going on in my life, you'd know that (coughs) there's, you know, a thousand and one things happening. And I don't know how, you know, somebody may be sick, somebody may be ill, and there's so many pressures in that. Your job may be very, very stressful. How do you get that, hear that still small voice of God in the middle of it all? Uh, I just think we have to make time. We have to make room for that. We have to make room and in, because that's what keeps us healthy in this world where there is so much anxiety, there is so much pressure. Everybody is running around like headless chickens. There is so much fear. There is more and more depression and more and more mental illness and more and more people being signed off sick because of the stress of life. It says in the Bible, Romans 2, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. We don't have to be conformed to the patterns of this world that say, run faster, do more, you're not enough. In fact, Jesus says, come and take a break with me. I'm going to just read. I just think this is the most amazing verse that he says this. It says, Mark 6, 31. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So that's what God would say to us. Come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. I love the story in at the end of John's Gospel that talks about how uh, the fishermen were in the boat and they were in the boat. They'd been fishing all night and they hadn't caught anything. And they had been working really, really hard in that boat and there was no fruit. There was nothing that was happening. And then Jesus stood at the shore and Jesus said, uh, put your nets on the other side, put your nets on the other side. And so they did. They put their nets on the other side of the boat. And then all the fish came in, all these fish, 153 fish, it says, came into their nets. It was amazing. But what I want to say is that it was the same boat that they were in, on the same sea of Galilee, with the same people, with the same results for so, so long. All that happened was they changed their position. They went to the other side of the boat. They changed their position and that changed the results. It changed the fruitfulness in their life. So I'd say it for you, you may be in such a pressured situation. I would say, why don't you go to the other side of the boat? It might be the same boat It might be the same job. It might be the same situation you're in. But I think God's asking you to come and see it differently. Come and look at that differently. Instead, God never disempowers. He always empowers. Sometimes we say, we can't do anything about this. We can. We can do something about this. We can go to the other side of the boat and we can say, we are going to see things differently. And as a result of that, there's often... It's often very fruitful, and that's what happened with those guys. And so I just want to read um, a quote at the very end, which says this. 
we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. This does not mean we will never be busy. Jesus often had much to do, but he never did it in a way that severed the life-giving connection between him and his father. Don't you think that's, the key? that's one of the keys here? Jesus was busy, but he never did it in a way that severed the life-giving connection between him and his father. And he never did it in a way that interfered with his ability to give love when love was called for. And so in this, um, in our busy lives, let us hear, what do you want to say to us, God? I wonder, let's close our eyes together. We're going to take communion uh, together today. Um, But let's just close our eyes and be quiet for a minute. Psalm 46 says this, Be still and know that I am God. In the message it says, Step out of the traffic, take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything.